Welcome to Master Your Money, the podcast that teaches you how to take control of your hard-earned money all while living your best life. I am your host, Elizabeth Heiza, Chief Marketing Officer at the Barnum Financial Group. I once felt powerless when it came to managing my finances and my attitude follows suit until one day I changed my mindset, built up my knowledge, and put myself back into a financial position of power. And I started this podcast to provide you with the same education and advice that I received on my journey. Now, I want to help you master your money. All right. Hello, Master Your Money listeners. Welcome to today's episode. Um, today, we are talking about the cost of healthcare during retirement. This is a topic that is headlining all over the place. It's a very, very critical topic on the minds of every person who is either approaching retirement or in retirement. And good news for those folks, because on today's episode, I have our guest expert, Michael Lynch. Michael Lynch is a financial advisor at Barnum Financial Group. He's been a financial professional working in this field for over 20 years. And the great majority of those years, he has been a certified financial planner. Prior to Mike's 20 years at Barnum working with clients, he spent years as a writer working in D.C. covering really the intersection of politics and economics. So Michael is going to give us an amazing perspective on this issue. So we're going to have a really great conversation. Michael, welcome to the show. Well, Elizabeth, it's great to be here with you. I got to tell you, I'm very, very, very excited. And I'll try to talk slow. So I'm not just <laughs> rambling like a maniac that I am. I uh, guess you are a maniac, but you are a maniac in so many great ways. I've known Michael, obviously his whole career at Barnum, and he is just a wonderful human with a beautiful family. And I'm just really excited that I got to work with you all these years. Yeah, it's been fun. It's been a good time. It's been a wonderful ride. Barnum's it's, it's, it's been, it's, Special place, Elizabeth. It's a special place. It Listening is. to you and Paul on the Paul's podcast, which everybody should check out. Small it staffs, is. big wins. That's right. It is um, a very special yes, place. Yes, it's trip down memory lane when you were uh, the marketing assistant with <laughs> That's uh, right. Elaine That's Johnson. Right. That's right. So yeah. long ago. So yes. long ago. Well, thank you. So let's jump right in. So we're talking about this because you recently wrote an article for The Street. Yeah. about retirees, healthcare may cost less than you think. And basically, Michael, you wrote this because on in any given year, you spend the majority of your time talking to either people in retirement or working towards retirement. Well, that's right. Absolutely. Uh, my business is structured pretty much like a doctor or a dentist. I spend zero time reaching out to try to get new clients and almost all my time either talking Zoom calls or face-to-face meetings, which I love, or actually working on the financial plans and financial plan updates that our team does every year for our clients, progress reports. And you or, do, uh, you teach too, right? Yeah, and speaking in front of groups, speaking in front of groups. In old days, did a radio show, no longer that, um, speaking in front of groups. So it's about 50 hours a week. I work 50 hours a week, 50 weeks, 52 weeks a year. I track my time. I know exactly what I do. I know. And now do. with the Zoom, it's great because... I don't drive much anymore. You don't have to travel. No. And you could see you could see more people in a day. You could help more people in a day. Yeah, it's it's amazing thing. And I can do it from uh, you know, 
Florida, where fall means I see a palm tree leave on my lawn. <laughs> I'm missing you in the office, though. Yeah, well, you know, I'm there. I'm still, I'm still there from time to time. I know, but I miss seeing your face around when yes. you're not here. But for the amount of people that you talk to, Mike, in your article, you said that the overwhelming consensus, the overwhelming worry, concern is what? Healthcare costs. So we teach these classes, getting people prepped up. It's called RetireWise. So old days, it was called financial strategies for a successful retirement. So it's not all pre-retirees. It could be mm -hmm. 30-year-olds. It could be 40-year-olds. But True. the majority of people really start dialing in about 10 years out. And it makes sense. That's where they're at. And if you say, what's your biggest concern? They're going to say healthcare. They're going to say healthcare. So when you say healthcare, Michael, really, you're referring to the cost of it. That's what retirees are worried about, right? Affording health care in their retirement years. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, it, when you approach retirement, there's all kinds of anxiety around it because you're replacing a life of working for income with the yeah. need to generate your own income, right? Yes. And, and from multiple sources. And, you know, we, we count wealth in terms of lump sums of money. There's a big theme of my, oh, of my book. It's all about the income. And so we say you're wealthy with X amount of money, but we don't live on wealth. We live on income, right? We live yes. on income. Yeah. And so it's this real disconnect between how much wealth we need to generate how much income and, and the expenses become just, you know, anxiety producing. Anxiety yes. producing. I want to paralyzing. I want to talk about that. The difference between wealth and income. I have that later on the list. But first, let's talk about, Michael, there's a lot of costs in retirement. Why mm -hmm. is the cost of health care scaring people so much? Where is this coming from? Well, I think it's a couple of places. As I said, there's there's the media. OK, to get stories in the media, you need to have big numbers and you have to have scary numbers because mm -hmm. that's what motivates people. That's what gets your clicks. And that's there. And so mm -hmm. there's a number of studies that, that, that are produced and reported on every year because they're print, what's called perennials in the media business. I used to be you can count at least you got that story that day. Right. Mm -hmm on the lump sum of money that you're going to need in retirement just to pay for health care. And that number for, you know, a number of years now has been north of $300,000. Yes. So that's outlined in my story available on street.com. And so that's like, holy smoke. So Elizabeth, you can imagine you're getting ready to go from retirement. Your entire life, you've had employer-provided health care. You know it's expensive, but the part you're seeing is manageable, right? It comes True. out of your check. True. You know, yep. there's, you know, there's, you got the tip of the iceberg, but you know now you're going to get that iceberg. You think you're going to get that iceberg, right? Good the point. whole iceberg is yours. Correct. Good point. People and, don't, people and don't and really say, know. I got, a, I got a half expense. a million dollars invested, and yeah. three hundred thousand of it is just for health care. Yeah. And people don't know the full expense of healthcare because mm -hmm. they've, they've had it subsidized for so long, probably never looked into it until they see these articles and they're seeing numbers to your point, well into six figures. All of them that I see in your article are over 300,000. Yes. Yes. And, you know, part of my critique of that, and, and there's more detailed critique. Mm -hmm. I think it is, it is um, without doubt wrong. But mm -hmm. is that it's taken a lump sum of a made up stream of expenses. So it's saying over 30 years, you're going to spend 5000 a year, right? Mm -hmm. And with inflation, and therefore you need X amount of X money. Amount. But in fact, you have income of $60,000 a year. And at 5000 it's just going to come out of the income. And you're not going to need that, right? And so. 
you know, I say in the article based on the same methodology, I think you need $90,000 for your lunches. Yes. When you retire, right? Yes. I mean, so, you can go. The great thing is that, you know, data is out there, whether it's great or not. That's another story. But, you know, the, the consumer expenditure survey available on the Internet details what people spend by age. And um, healthcare is not close to the top. It's you know, not. Housing is way more. Yeah. So, Michael, let me just repeat back what you're saying. So there's a lot of I don't want to know if I want to use the word inflated. That That's my word. But numbers out there that could be overinflating the cost of healthcare and could potentially be putting fear into retirees. Yes, yes. So let me be clear. Healthcare is expensive. Yeah. <laughs> but the reason, as, as the late, great P.J. O'Rourke sat there, who wrote a fantastic book called Parliament of Horrors, look it up, it's about D.C., mm. said the reason why, if you think healthcare is expensive now, wait till it's free, right? <laughs> the reason why it costs so much ironically, is because most of us are actually we're insulated from paying the actual cost. They're shifted to government or an insurance company, right? Okay. Yep. So yes, I'm not saying healthcare is, is not, not expensive. It is expensive. I have a client right now, you know, is getting some treatments for, for cancer and it's like $50,000 treatment. Yeah. And then I said, but how much are you paying? Well, zero. <laughs> right. Yeah. So my point is, is we need to focus on the we need to focus on clients to, to not be paralyzed and so not let there used to be this thing called job lock. And you had job lock because you couldn't go out and be a freelancer. You couldn't go out and, and retire 55. You couldn't had to wait till 65 because healthcare was such a difficult issue. And it was so important because if you do have to make those $50,000 payments, you're going to go broke, That's right? There's no issue. doubt about yeah. it. And so you have to stay insulated. You have to stay insulated from that cost through the insurance system at some level in some way. But that world has really changed over the time that you and I have been practicing financial planning. Yeah. When I started, it was a real issue. And now with the healthcare exchanges, a lot of subsidies available, myriad of Medicare options for people. Yes, it's going to be an expense, but it's an expense that's on par with other, other expenses, expenses that can be budgeted for, planned for. And there is like there was just another study that recently came out that actually looked at what really smacks retirees. What's the big expenses? If you get if you, you ask retirees, they would say it's a healthcare shock. It's a housing shock. <laughs> it's your roof. It's your water heater, right? Yes. Because you don't have insurance for that. But they don't know that. Like, are are they just assuming it's going to be a healthcare shock? Yeah, and then because once they, healthcare and then is once what they, everything is focused correct. on. Healthcare is what exactly. what people are typically shocked about at the end of the day is how little they'll pay out of pocket. Uh, uh, an academic uh, uh, guy, he's just fantastic. Sadito uh, uh, Banerjee, you can look him up, B-A-N-J. E-R-E-E, it's a a cool name too. He he actually studies people. Like what they're looking at today of what people actually spend and out-of-pocket expenses for healthcare and retirement over and above Medicare Part B premiums which come out of your social security checks. You don't see it, right? But it's there. It's It's about about $27,000. Okay. Yeah, that's what it's not 300. It's, it's not three. It's not 300. And, and that's, that's liberating. That's liberating for people. They knew that. So liberating. And that's what you're trying to do with this episode and with this article is to yeah. is to say, let's take a pause. Let's take a breath and let's really peel back the layers of this onion and, and look at the real cost of healthcare. Michael, 
Talk to us as well, because you make a great point in here about bankruptcy and how and how low the bankruptcy rate is. Yes. Talk about that. Now, I mean, look, there's no perfect ways to study financial distress, but I am hugely bullish on the American retirement system. It's I don't know all the other systems. I've been familiar with Canadians because I ran a resort where they were our main customers. But I know our stool of Social Security, inflation, just annuity, 401ks that are monsters, monsters, monsters. And then, you know, an amazing amount of Americans still have some employer provided pension, right? Whether it's in mm-hmm. a form of a cash balance or a real pension, right? Sure. Uh, because of past jobs provides such a high level of consumption that we take it for granted in America because what we do is we look at our places well I wish you'd come and give me everything well you want to come to give you everything you got two choices go to jail or join the military right otherwise we're going to pay for ourselves it's a free market economy mm-hmm. and so in America in the United States of America when you actually study retirees one they're happy they're, they have anxiety in their 50s because I'm in 53 so I'm looking forward do I have enough am I going to work am I going to work Correct. you know am I going to and- and these and these articles don't help, right? Which no, is what you're help. trying to say. But by the time they get to retirement, what they find when you survey those same people in their 70s and 80s, they're totally happy. They're fine. They, they're, they're, they're secure they're and fine. they don't spend their money. If you retire and- with fifty thousand dollars, chances are you're gonna die with it. If you retire with 250, chances are you'll have more when you die. The one thing that knocks you out is not healthcare, it's long-term care. Long-term right? care, it's yes. Long-term care, which is Yes. Tough, which is so talking to a pre-retiree, somebody, you know, between 50 and 65 or 55 and 65, their outlook, which you can totally respect, I can totally respect, it's it's fearful. It's it's a scary decision to have to, to think about moving on to that phase are feeling the fear more than someone who actually did take the plunge. Now they're in their retirement years, mm-hmm. living off of income. And they're kind of like, all right, this isn't as bad as I thought. In a lots of situations, it's good. It's okay. I'm living the retirement that I had, I, that I had wanted to live. Is that yeah. true from your perspective? Yeah. And look, I see a sample. Well, I, I have a very diverse practice, as you know. I have clients that make 30 a year. I have clients that make 3 million a year. And it's all the same. It's just you have different relationships to the tax code, investment amounts and stuff. So you, you have to be mindful of the differences. But human nature is human nature. People's people. Sure. Money's money. Sure. And, and we don't, it's not a different happy level, happiness level either, by the way. Yes. Michael, where does financial planning come into all this? Like, how, how do you help people plan for this as they're going into retirement? That's a great, that's a great question. And what the system is now. With Medicare, a lot of options with Medicare when we get to be 65. Mm-hmm. And then also pre-65 with employer health care, COBRA, mm-hmm. and then the, the ACA, the Affordable Care Act, with the health care exchanges. That's where I get my health care. Mm-hmm. With proper planning, you can control, you, you may be able to control your income mm-hmm. at various points in your life. And therefore, control what you're going to ha- be forced to actually spend on healthcare based on various healthcare subsidies that are available typically to the federal government but also sometimes based on state rules 
And the, the results really can be amazing. Now, the issue is, is that taxable income is always the enemy. Mm-hmm. But there's a difference between taxable income and what I actually spent. For example, let's say I need to spend $10,000 a month yep. to, to fund my life. That would be a reasonable number. It could be high for some, low for others, whatever. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. It could be three, mm-hmm. four, 15. I don't care. If that income all comes from an, a pre-tax account like a 401k, it's all going to be counted against me. So now my income and my spending are going to be aligned. Yep. But if I have the ability to take 8,000 of that out of sources that don't count as income, now that could be a bank account. That could be an investment account that has a cost basis. That could be a cash value life insurance policy. That could be a loan against an asset. Now, all of a sudden, I'm spending 10,000 a month, but the authorities, the people with the giving out the candy on Halloween, yeah. think I only am spending two thousand. Two thousand. So yeah. now I'm considered in need. I'm considered low income. I'm considered a good person in America for a certain class of people, and therefore I have claim to taxpayer money. Same amount of spending, same amount of consumption. It could change what I spend on my health care from a thousand a month to maybe Correct. to maybe nothing. Correct. To maybe nothing for. For periods of time. For periods of time. Now, the, the in the right, in the well. right situation. Yeah. Right. This the the may opposite is true as well. Which but. is with Medicare, if my income's too high, mm-hmm. I could pay four or five times what somebody else pays mm-hmm. with lower income. Mm-hmm. So the role, the question is the role of financial planning is very, very critical here. Yes. It's critical the sooner you do it, the better. To diversify your potential future income streams. Yep. And to really look, one of the things that we we make a big deal on the courses we teach is kind of between 50 and 70, you have a lot of freedom to manipulate your assets and go between age between age 50 and age 70 is when you have freedom to manipulate various points, certain things click on. 50, you can save more in retirement, right? 62 is social security. Got it. Um 70, you have to take social security. Uh, so it's in that kind of window, you know, where you can set yourself up. Now, we're the young people we work with, because you know I love working with the 20s and the 30s. You do. My next book's going to be on them. And they love working with you, let me tell you. Yeah, the old guys. You don't want the old guy anymore. I used to, I still think I'm that age. Though. <laughs> I'm like 18 mentally. No, I'm like 15 mentally. Oh my God. Everybody loves working with you, Michael, anyway. But, you know, we get them right out of the chute. We, we look to this right out of the chute. With, yes. with, the, with the younger ones, but those meaning, of us older, we meaning, didn't have Ross and stuff when we started out. So, so there's older people, the people who it's very frustrating for, or the people that are getting close now, Elizabeth, it's like they're 60 and we're like, look, the options are less. And they feel yes. like, wow, that's tougher. It's a tough situation. Yes, it's tougher yeah. versus in an ideal world, Michael, you, and, and you do a great job with this. You'll work with folks in their twenties, right? The second somebody gets a job mm-hmm. with a steady income and they have possibly a 401k or something to contribute to, you want to get them set up properly. The more you contribute, you don't miss the money. And then in 30, 40, 50 years, when you go to retire, you're set up really well. That's the ideal situation. Yes. And sometimes like the the late, great Paul Salerno taught me um, back earlier in my career. I was like the honor of Money's podcast because he was just a great influence. He is a great, great man. Um, 
sometimes you want to pay voluntary taxes now mm-hmm. so that you can avoid involuntary taxes later. There's some taxes are involuntary, some are voluntary. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you actually do want to pay taxes yep. today at lower rates. So you can avoid them at potentially higher rates in the future, knowing, of course, that the future is uncertain. It is. But Michael, knowing that ideally we want to start as soon as possible, really at any age, somebody should be talking to a financial planner to start to have these conversations and start to place assets, to distribute assets properly or in a way that can benefit you in your retirement years. That's what financial planning is. It'd be a big payoff, right? There's you know, the issue is there's no knowns, no unknowns, and unknown unknowns. And a lot of times when I'm teaching classes. You know, we're talking about ways to game out. So, you know, ways to maximize, optimize, sort of using the term game. Yeah. Like, they really extract as much money as possible from Social Security <laughs> system. People say, well, why didn't anybody tell me this? Or if you read my article up on the retirementdayonthestreet.com, you're going to see all sorts of strategies in that article. And you're going to be like, well, why didn't anybody tell me this? Well, I'm telling you, right? But what you understand he is, is that telling the, you the government is not a marketing organization. And taxpayers would go crazy if it were. Imagine if the U.S. government was sending, paying money for Super Bowl ads mm-hmm. to tell people how to get more money out of Social Security. <laughs> That's not going to fly, is it, right? That's like happen. the IRS, uh, you know, having that to say, well, here's all the loopholes that you can, it's not going to happen. So what happens is you need to, you either need to invest the time yourself. Correct. Hey, look, I'm a personal finance dork. That's why I got into business. Back when I was covering DC and writing for the Wall Street Journal and Investor Business Daily and going around, I was on the total grift there, living the life on expense accounts and everything else. I did this on the side. I was a dork. So yes. I liked this You've stuff. And I wrote a personal finance column too for now defunct.com and the dot You did. Page. And you had a radio show for years. Sure. So so I invested my time in it. But you know, if you want to invest your time, if not, get yourself a good financial advisor slash financial planner, yes. somebody that's going to focus in on these details, strategic stuff, and it will pay off. Like I was having yes. a little bit of a spew and I signed a lawyer yesterday. And he said, well, you can do it yourself for me. And I said, well, at this point in my life, I want to do three things. And, you know, right, legal briefs is not one of them. So mm-hmm. I'm perfectly happy to pay you <laughs> yes. to help me to help me with this, to, you know, to help explore we, this issue that we're facing. Yeah, Of course. Now yeah. we talk about the benefits of financial planning a ton on the show. I don't need to belabor that point to our listeners anymore, but I do have to say that clearly reducing healthcare expenses for a period of time could be another benefit to having a financial planner and building a financial plan early on. That's all I'm going to say about that because you all know I preach about financial planning a lot. But Michael, I want to get back to your article because this is one of my favorite parts of it. You bring up a $45,000 restaurant bill. (laughs) What is that? Uh, I don't know if I like the sound of it or don't like the sound of it. You haven't had one of those yet? Not yet. Got to go out and call Mindy. Yeah. (laughs) You're right. All right. So my point is when we talk about the eye-popping, jaw-dropping, head-exploding, terror-inducing healthcare costs of $300,000 when I'm 65, what is going on is what's called a net present value calculation, where they assume whoever's doing the study typically will assume that you're spending a maximum amount possibly each year, which that detail is not true, and 
that it's all have to have all the money at once, right? Correct. All the money at once. Correct. Called capitalization. You have to have, have, to have it, all it is a useful 000. financial tool in various areas. So it's not that the tool itself is wrong. It's just that it's not particularly helpful in illuminating what the issue at hand is. So what I say is if you took how much the Bureau of Labor Statistics says the average person retiree spends on restaurants and you did that same calculation, you would need $45,000 in an account the day you retire just to pay for your restaurants. And that's if you're average, right? Yeah. 95,000 for groceries. And don't forget about utilities. Yes. (laughs) Personally, I mean, in Connecticut, you're going to spend more on electricity than healthcare. Oh, so terrible. that's eighty thousand dollars, and that's on average. So that's yeah. not even where you are, right? Yeah. So, anyways, it's these I it's these scare statistics, right? It's these scare statistics, and okay. um, what I want to trying to do is put it in context of other essentials. Again, healthcare is expensive. For some reason, we think it's it is we need it. And so we think it should be, you know, there's certain members of the world and our population that think it should be free. But upon reflection, why would it be? We need it. We need a lot of things before we need healthcare, housing, yeah. <laughs> food, yeah. clothing, so with, and we so pay with, for all those as well. So I was just trying to put it in that kind of a context. Yes. So you are trying to help, again, people realize that the calculations or the way they, the way these numbers, these healthcare costs could be inflated if you put that into just you're going out to eat or you're you're buying your groceries, if you use those same calculations, you would have a forty five thousand dollar restaurant bill at the end of a year, which is yeah. And you know it would scary. you know it would fall away because Correct. you would have to need so much money in retirement that you would have to you know need probably like a few million dollars. And the reason Correct. for that, it's the same thing. Just, just take the take the math out of it. I mean, take the discounting out and the inflation and all the fancy stuff. And just take a 20-year-old who's going to average 100000 a year in income, and they're going to work for 30 years, right? Mm-hmm. So, okay, you got it's like saying you got $3 million today, kid. Go have fun, <laughs> right? Yes. But, of course, you don't have $3 you million. You don't. You got to get it over you time. You have to get it over and, time. And this is the opposite of that. And saving. It's saying that every month, you're going to have income come in, and then you're going to have expenses. Yep. And if you actually match your income and expense on a monthly basis, it's all going to work out over the long term. All right, let's move on to what you said in the beginning, which was we don't live off our wealth. We live off of our income. Mm-hmm. What did you mean by that statement? Well, I wrote a book about it. I call it it's all about the income. Now, what we spend is our income. Okay. Correct. But we talk about wealth in terms of lumps of money. And it's a huge disconnect, right? And we have a hard time transferring the wealth into money. So it's just purely accounting that what really is wealth. So so a little story on this is if I walk through JFK, immigrating to America or coming from another country or, you know, or, or vacation, coming to customs, and they say, well, how much you got? And I have $12,000 in my pocket. I have to declare it, right? Mm-hmm. And that's considered wealth. If Andy Grove walks through there, the founder of Intel, and in his brain, <laughs> he, he has the ability to, to generate the computer chip, yes. nothing to declare, right? Yes. yes. Nothing to declare. Yes. If I walk, if I, you know, I have a pension that's going to pay me $100,000 a year, I don't have to declare that. That's income. It's not well, but if I have $15,000, yeah. 
I got to be answering some questions, right? Mm -hmm. So what I say in my book is that there's some level at which if we really trusted it, we'd all agree to own nothing. If our if if the income was going to hold up now for some yes. might be a hundred thousand a year, others might be two fifty. But what we really do is if we had that income coming in and then we could spend it, we would always be secure. And you said, what about the kids? We'll buy some life insurance that'll take care of the kids. Buy life insurance with the income and just don't own it. Now you don't own anything, right? Well, what about you know? There's, so does you know? What about my wardrobe? Well, you know, rent it, lease it, but you can own that, right? But lease your car, right? You're not mm-hmm. going to own anything. Rent your house. Right. And, and so so once we think about that, it's more useful because we live on income. And one of the things that us practicing financial planners see constantly is a disconnect between the dominant media narrative, which is America and the retirement crisis, which is people not having enough money to retire. And the reality that we see, which is our people won't spend their money. <laughs> but let's back up a second. You're not saying that you shouldn't own things. Right. No, no, like, no, you, no, 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 yeah, no. You and this own... is, that's a thought experiment. That's not possible. Exactly. That's a exactly. thought experiment. That's not possible. But what I would say is that wealth, depending on what our wealth is for, but if our wealth is for retirement, it's and... like gasoline in the tank. It becomes useful when it goes through in the old days, the carburetor, now fuel injectors, they get burned up, baby. <laughs> Let's correct. Go. Well, correct. Right. And wealth is very subjective, right? It's a, it's yeah. a descriptor. The, the term is very different depending on who you're talking yeah. to, de- right. depending on the definition of wealth in that moment. So you're more talking about people need, are focusing on living off of their income, the money that's coming from, you mentioned pension, social security, yeah. wh- whatever it is whatever their financial plan is. And again, for the healthcare expense, bring it back to the topic on hand. When you get to retirement for Medicare and once you are on Social Security, the medical portion of your premium, the Part B, mm-hmm. it comes right out of your Social Security. Mm-hmm. So it literally is coming out of your it's income. It's coming right there. Now, there's other bills you have to pay, some Part D, and, and likely you're going to have maybe some Medigap plan. Could be some other stuff that's going to come out of your checking account. But again, your income is going to be filling up your checking account, just like when you're working. Exactly. And then those bills are going to come out of it. And exactly. it's not that you're going to have an account that's set up that's just paying for all that healthcare costs for your whole retirement. And that's exactly. what's so scary to people. Yeah. It is so scary to people, again, until they get into that spot when they're actually, when they actually have the income coming in and the healthcare deductions are coming out. Yes. So Michael, in, in closing, and I want to talk about your book. You mentioned your book a few, a few times. So I want to, I want to hear about- All mention a book, but it's got to be two books. I got two and I got third one on the way. Well, I want to hear about those. So let's get to those in a second, but final thoughts on healthcare, you know, give this a final message to the person who is your age, 53 years old, starting to think about what they want their retirement to look like and starting to prepare. What is it that you need them to know? That healthcare is not, healthcare is a manageable expense that can be budgeted for and met. And the the level of the expense, um, you will have some control over it potentially if you want to do advanced planning and start to figure out where you're gonna get your various income from at various points in your retirement. But what healthcare is not gonna be, if you're listening to this show, is typically something that will prevent you from retiring retiring. on your terms. And 
it's 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 we have a fantastic system in this country for it. I'm the you know, I'm the only person you're going to hear that. I've been I've been in hell, I've actually written about healthcare my entire career from right out of college. Sure, and I love it. I love the American system. Again, you only hear it here. And what part of the reason is because of its diversity, because of its diversity, yeah. and it actually delivers insulates us mostly from the cost of the care. It makes it affordable and it makes it affordable at our levels of income. And yep. so high income people pay more and low income people pay typically nothing. And yep. therefore, if you can control your income, that's where you're you able to really add some value for your, for yourself and perhaps have some more money for vacations or grandkids or education or all the else. good, all the good stuff. Yes. Folks, maybe we can breathe a little more. Maybe um, hopefully this episode released a little bit of fear. So in addition to what Michael said, the cost of healthcare may not be as expensive as you think, but also two things, Master Your Money, that I always say, find yourself a good, trusted financial advisor to work with and help you. Like Michael said, there are so many programs available and so many nuances. You can't do it on your own. You're going to need help. And two, start a financial plan for yourself. I know we know it's scary. We talk about it all the time. We know it's uncomfortable. We talk about it all the time, but starting that process early will help you as you get closer to those retirement years. So Michael, tell us about your books. I want to hear about them. Yeah, I mean, the first one is keep it simple, make it big. Uh, Keep it know, simple, money, make it big. Money management for a meaningful life. And that that's a soup to nuts book. Uh, soup uh-huh. to nuts being, you know, you start with the basics and you end with death. And okay. so it's a 200 page book. It's very accessible. It's based on a lot of, a lot of experience. So, you know, we have the, we have the practicality in there and we got that. And that's matters. for every, everybody, every age, any, yeah. anybody can pick that one up. What, Amazon? Yeah, it's on, on Amazon. Uh, you get, yeah, Amazon. Uh, I got a simple and big website as well. But yeah, go to Amazon. Yeah. The next one, which is more focused. So that was a, that one, you know, was able to write it, really make it okay. This is a basis of personal finance. You got okay. this, you got the basics. Okay. Then the next one is targeted for people that, you know, kind of the demographic we're talking about now, getting ready for retirement. It's called, okay. it's all about the income, income. right? It's mm-hmm. all about the income, a simple system for big retirement income. And here, what we really do, it's a quick book. It's quick read, uh, less than a, well, probably an hour, hour and a half, depending on how quick you read. A lot of pictures, graphs, Beautiful. diagrams, and Plain all ride. stories, all stories, mm-hmm. all stories, short chapters, all stories. And what we do is we, and, and, and we go through on how do you really put together a retirement income plan? How do you do it? And it, you know, starts with the uh, uh, story of Maria, who, came into my office and, you know, she had worked her whole life in a Bridgeport factory. She has good social security, $2,000 a month. And she had a half a million dollars. And prior to that, she was getting, you know, 25,000 a year off of that 5%. And by the time she came in my office, it was getting 2,500 a year. Right. And so mm-hmm. I talk a lot about how, you know, you have to have diversification that what's, you know, Americans get safety wrong with, with, with principal myopia, but that there's not one solution. Everybody's mm-hmm. different. And now it's interesting because by the time it came out now today, Maria would be back in 25,000 because you got 5% on interest rates again now. Right. But it was a long period and that would have been a long period in the desert for her. So it's like I said, we start with people from 2000 a need, month needing expenses of three and we go up to people that need 30,000 a month and okay. just look at how you, how you use the building blocks to put it all together. And uh, yeah, it's good. Good read. Okay. And then you're writing a third. That's oh. for the getting going 20s yes. and 30s. So that's beautiful. That's written. Um, I just got to get edited and to get it to the publisher. 
And then my next one is, you know, I spent a lot of time in the hospital space. Yeah. The nurses like me. <laughs> Who doesn't so, like you? So I'm writing a book called A Nurse's Guide to Retirement. Oh, and good a for nurse's you. A Nurse's Guide to Getting Going. Yeah. Oh, so, beautiful. Uh, That's so wonderful for that community. Yeah. I think stay focused on it. Right. And, you know, the nuances of the hospital space, uh, understanding the benefits, how to maximize those out you know, how to really get it going. So yeah. we love it. We love this game. As you know, we're playing it. We try to, you know, Barnum is just helps us play at a high level, everything you guys do. Good. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's beautiful. Michael, life. it has been always a good time. It's always a good time with Michael Lynch. That's for sure. But it was great having you on the show. You really, I, I hope every, every, everyone listening feels the same way, but you allowed us to take a breath and alleviate some fears. So that was wonderful, but thank you for all the good you do. Thank you for all the information you put out there. We are grateful for you. Well, and I'm I'm grateful for you, but I just want you to say that again. It's always a good time with who? <laughs> Michael Lynch. <laughs> oh yeah. Let's just end on that. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Master Your Money. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Every little bit helps. You can also follow us on our Instagram at Barnum Financial Group. If you're interested in connecting or working with a financial advisor at the Barnum Financial Group, the links are in the show notes of this episode. All opinions expressed by the program participants are solely their current opinions and do not reflect the opinions their respective parent companies or affiliates or the companies with which the program participants are affiliated. Investments or strategies mentioned in this program may not be suitable for you, and you should make your own independent decision regarding them. This material does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. You should strongly consider seeking advice from your own investment advisor. Securities and investment advisory services offered through qualified registered representatives of MML Investor Services, LLC, member SIPC, 6 Corporate Drive, Shelton, Connecticut, 06484, telephone number 203 513-6000.